Hello and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty and this week we are talking about equality, diversity and inclusion among school staff, which is a report recently produced by Edurio, uh, where they're looking at a survey across schools about how different uh, members of the school community feel about how diverse, equal or inclusive their schools are. We're talking to Iona Jackson, who's head of research at Edurio, and Amy Ferguson, deputy head teacher of an independent special school. Uh, we had a really interesting conversation looking over the main findings of the research, really thinking a bit more about how to involve staff in the conversation and in- improve um, how inclusive your school is. I hope you find the conversation both interesting and useful. And as ever, I'd just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around topics. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Right, today I am joined by Iona Jackson, who is Head of Research at Edurio, and Amy Ferguson, Deputy Head Teacher of an Independent Special School in Oxfordshire. Hi to both of you. Hi, Caroline. Hey, great to have you with us. And we're going to be talking a little bit about um, a report that Edurio um, did this summer um, about um, equality, diversity and inclusion um, in schools. So before we get into that, maybe we could start off with you both introducing yourself uh, briefly. Amy, should we kick off with you? Yeah. Hi, Caroline. Uh, Thank you for having me here on uh, the podcast today nice to be here virtually nice to have a chat it's always nice to uh, catch up with people whether it's in the uh, virtual environment or in real life which I'm just getting used to doing that again after the pandemic um so I'm Amy Ferguson I'm a deputy head teacher at independent special school in Oxfordshire as Caroline said uh, you might be able to tell I am from Birmingham yeah uh, my to my to Birmingham and the minute I live in Oxfordshire um, I'm deputy head teacher um, at a school for children who have got um challenging needs in terms of their um, social emotional mental health um they live on site here where we are i've done lots of uh work with um hannah wilson at Div- diverse ed um a little bit for women's ed um i do my own radio show on a saturday morning teachers talk radio 11 till 12 30 i present the saturday brunch and i'm just interested in anything to do with diversity um equality and inclusion so everyone needs a place to belong whether it's in school or someone at, somewhere else. So thank you for having me today. I'm really pleased to be joining you. Oh, it's great to have you. And actually, I um, way back in the um, early days of, of Zoom events, I remember seeing you do a fantastic uh, women ed um, talk that was completely um, arresting oh. on this on this subject. So looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you. And um, Iona, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. So yeah, thanks for having me. Um, great to be here. I am um, head of research at Adurio, as Caroline said. Um, I head a team of um, research experts. So we um, at Adurio, we have a series of um, surveys that schools can access, which assess various topics from kind of staff well-being, pupil well-being, teaching and learning, um, parental um, experiences. And um, as of last year, we also have added an equality, diversity and inclusion 
survey um, to our repertoire. Um, and that came about, um, the, the, the appetite had been there, but the catalyst was missing. And um, the George Floyd murder in May of last year was kind of provided that um, enthusiasm across kind of from, from trust leaders to uh, school leaders to, to us to sort of say, now is the time um, to, to put this, um, kind of to, to understand the issues. Um, that are that are that staff in schools are facing. Um, so yeah, we we ran the the survey across um, the beginning of this year, and um, a few weeks ago we kind of launched the results of our first analysis um, off the back of this, which um, I'm really excited to talk about today. That's that's interesting. Thanks, thank you for that. And I think um, you know we've we've had quite a few conversations about diversity and equality. Um, on the podcast, and 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 as you as you so rightly say, there these these have always been important issues, um, but that um, you know the George Floyd kind of moment has really acted as that kind of catalyst to get to get some of these conversations happening in a more mainstream way and a more widespread and and sort of really brought them up the agenda in in education. Um, and you know we can argue about the the whys and wherefores of that happening quite late on, um, but you know also. So just just be grateful that 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 that's, that some work is happening, and this this must be an interesting kind of baseline, presumably, for some of your work going going forward to understand, um, hopefully, um, what might might be shifting. Exactly, yeah. Our intention with this is kind of where are we? Um, so the survey looks at kind of how how are schools getting on? How do staff within schools feel about various um, issues? Um, with a view to kind of say finding are there any particular groups where there are bigger issues are there any particular areas of the school experience where there are particular issues which um, will then help our help our school leaders to kind of say okay what's the first thing what's the first step that I need to take what's the second step that I need to take and, and knowing where you are now is a very useful uh, way of way of identifying which those which those steps should be. Exactly so and in this report, you're you're focusing on the kind of three areas of um, equality, diversity, and inclusion. Maybe we could just start with a kind of um, introduction about exactly what we mean by those three things. Sure. Um, so yes, as you say, it's equality, diversity, and inclusion. Um, there is another related topic which is referred to as DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'll I'll mention the difference between equity. Uh, in a moment, but um, the, the topics that we have covered um, and the definitions that we use among our, um, in our surveys with, with school staff is um, that equality, um, that's a concept underpinned by legislation. Um, so the Equalities Act um, is kind of the basis of this concept. Um, it requires organizations to provide access to participation um, for all individuals, regardless of, um, particular characteristics that they may have um, and then diversity is is um it's it's something it's kind of something that you can see but it's often something that you can't see um, it, it it at its most basic it summarizes the differences between the range of characteristics between um different people in any particular environment um, that could be physical that could be um, the way somebody looks, it could be their ability, their, their physical ability, um, it could be invisible, it could be um, an, an invisible disability, um, so, so something more internal, or it could be um, sexuality or something that, that kind of 
could lead to um, different, different experiences um, along the way. Um, and then inclusion is kind of, um, it's about how somebody feels. So inclusion is about feeling respected and valued um, and also feeling safe within your environment. Um, so things that we spoke about were concepts of um, feeling trusted, having a sense of belonging and um, being able to be your best self um, and kind of be your true self at work. Um, and as I mentioned, we we didn't cover equity. Um, equity is a is another concept which is which is kind of related to all of this, which is uh, you can treat someone equally um, in one moment, but it could be that all of the moments before that, um, before now, have kind of conspired against one individual and in favour of another individual. So um, equity focuses on kind of systemic changes and, and trying to remove the barriers throughout a person's life. Um, whereas whereas where we're focusing in within the school experience, um, it's on kind of, yeah, it, in current um, equality, diversity and inclusion. Okay, um, that's, that's really helpful. Um, Amy, is there anything that you'd want to add about any of those concepts? I think kind of just thinking about the whole thing for me really is thinking about everyone comes at life from a different starting point. Yeah, so you might be further along the racetrack than everybody else, or you might be, you know, even f further behind in terms of the starting block. So really all, all of this, um, you know, the different words for everything that we talk about, you know, equality, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's all about where your starting point is and appreciating that everybody, whatever your, you know, inverted commons uh, difference may be, everybody starts from somewhere and all those places are, are different for, for a myriad of different reasons really it's appreciating other people's journey and um, other people's perceptions of other people's journey as well and I think that is um, something that is um, really highlighted in this report as well which I was um, really welcomed. Yeah I think um, yeah the words that words that you're both using there about kind of perceptions and and, and feelings is something that we'll that we'll come on to discuss um later in the report but i think you know it it, it almost is part of, of of why some of this work can be challenging because if you think and feel one way f sometimes it can be hard, quite hard to understand why somebody else thinks and feels another way um and it's sort of bringing bringing those different perspectives together which i think obviously work like this does um in a really useful way um, to start to to start to make a change, uh, Iona, could you could you give us a bit of a of a summary about some of the kind of key findings um, from from the research? What is this report telling us? Yeah, um, so and, and actually, as we were doing the analysis, we kind of we took a first look at our main question, which is um, overall how committed um, is your is your workplace to promoting equality, diversity, and inclusion. Um, that was our first step and the results were quite positive. Um, there was 80% of staff felt that um, their workplace's commitment was high. Um, and, and that kind of almost surprised us because we, we thought there's a huge issue here, there's, but actually is there a huge issue here? And it was only as we dug a bit deeper um, and we saw the differences between respondent groups um, and between school types that we saw the experience isn't the same for um, everybody. Um, and, and we found kind of in some places, um, there were big differences between 
white British staff or minority ethnic staff or um, heterosexual staff and LGBTQ plus staff or disabled staff and, and staff without a disability and, and so on. Um, and um, as, as we looked at kind of the differences, we then look at this through a kind of specific lens of diversity, equality and inclusion. Um, and actually when it comes to diversity, we found that um, less than half of staff feel that their workplace is diverse. Um, so I think 43% of staff felt that their workplace was diverse. Um, and also most staff don't feel that their workforce reflects the student body. Um, it was interesting to see the difference between um, urban locations and rural locations um, and the places that are less diverse um, in that geographically, um, they felt more strongly that their workforce reflected their students. Um, the inference there being that it's because there are more white people in the community and more white people in the school. Um, in the more urban areas, that was, um, it was actually less, fewer staff felt that the um, that it was reflective of the, of the pupil population. Um, and on top of that, leadership staff are seen as less diverse than the wider staff body. Um, then thinking about equality, um, we found again differences between how equally people feel that they are being treated. Um, so as you mentioned, this is about perceptions and about feelings and, and the question that we asked is how, how equally do you feel that you're being treated in comparison, comparison to other staff? Um, white men, white, sorry, white staff, men, staff without a disability, all felt more confident that they are treated equally. Um, minority ethnic staff, women, staff with a disability, all felt less confident that they are being treated equally. Um, and we found that once you combine multiple characteristics, so looking at the concept of intersectionality, which is um, I am a woman, I am white, I am a white woman, that's two characteristics. Uh, we found that staff experience can be worse um, for those with more than one protected characteristic. Um, and then finally, looking at inclusion, um, we found again, um, differences between um, how valued staff feel within the workplace. So. Um, we found that disabled staff, minority ethnic staff, and those who um, follow a faith, but one that isn't Christianity, um, they felt less valued within the workplace. And again, we found um, when we looked at intersectionality that a higher proportion of white British men feel valued um, than um, minority ethnic men and women of all ethnicities. Um, so yeah, just to kind of wrap that up, um, I think the, the key takeaway is that even where um, the overall number might be high and, and you might look at the results and think that's quite good. The moment you see that there are material differences between these groups, we realise that the experience is not the same for everybody. Um, and, and there is, there, it, yeah, it can, it can vary quite drastically between um, one group and another. Yeah. And Amy, what, what were your reflections on the, on the findings? Did any of them particularly resonate with you or...? Um, I, I wasn't surprised by them. I think that is that is something that if was quite must say resonated or, or you know it was they're not they're not stuck to me um, because yeah like I only saying there are different you know categories or different you know intersectionalities and when you drill down people are going to have different experiences. No, it it's not um, a shock to me that people at different levels, different people with different intersectionalities have different experiences. Um, um, what I was going to say was um, thinking about diverse leadership teams and um, the, the staff body reflecting 
the the, the student cohort um, that some people you know do actually feel that 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 ha that happens in some places some places it doesn't that that's that's interesting to me because um i i've never worked in a school um where i've been one of you know 10 black teachers i'm only one and there's maybe one other person who is from an you know an eth ethnic background so to hear that there are places out there where, there, where they have diverse teams in teaching is a, is a surprise to me because I don't feel like I've ever come across other people um, in in real life, virtually yes, but in real life who who, who are um, from different different minority um, backgrounds in teaching. Which which so it, it's nice to hear that there that some, there are some places that have more diverse teams and that maybe reflect the the school body or you know the student cohort. So. Yeah, there are, there are some, there are not many. There are some, but there are not and, many. And I think kind of some of what you were saying was that it might be that they don't they don't have a particularly diverse school and then they don't have a particularly diverse leadership team, but they think that the yeah. two mirror each other. So that's okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, but also thinking about um, people not feeling like they were treating it treated equally. I think that needs a little bit on more more unpicking. Treated equally in in what sense? It would be my question in terms of uh, is you know is it um, teachers who are returning from maternity and they haven't been feel like they have been treated equally as somebody you know who's come back from being away for another reason? You know I think that need maybe needs a little bit more on picking up what does being treated equally mean in what sense are you talking about equal in terms of opportunities are you talking about equal in terms of um leave what what's the what's the treatment or mm. is it, yeah that would be something to unpick for me I think yeah it's uh, so that's that's stuff that we covered elsewhere in the survey so we did have we had some kind of deeper dive questions on um salary and uh, and stuff um, but one area that I think was particularly interesting was around um, promotions yeah um so kind of opportunities to progress within schools mm -hmm. um and we we again found that there's a kind of a disparity between different groups um, and actually we found that four out of ten staff aren't confident that um, decisions on career development are free from bias yeah. um so again we're kind of yeah we're seeing um, an opportunity for progress if there's bias baked into that progress we might well be kind of um, exacerbating the issue and and then as we said before kind of leadership teams are seen as less diverse um, if that bias is then leading to that kind of um, lack of diversity then then there's kind of clear points in the school process in the kind of school life that that could be addressed yeah, and they're working against you, aren't they? Really, think about if you're looking up to going into leadership, and the team that you're looking at doesn't, you know, reflect you as, you know, either your your race, your your um gender, sexual sexual orientation, or any of those things. If there isn't anybody else like you in one way on that team, you're not necessarily going to aspire to being yeah. on that team. Then are you? Or you might find it harder to then fit into in inverted commas into that team so yeah definitely there's a barrier up there isn't there and and it, it comes across clearly from from reading the report that there is a sort of a perception gap between leaders in a school and and teachers in a school now i mean 
let's let's take another subject i don't know say behavior policy or something like that you you probably ask the leaders and they'd say well, yeah we've got a behavior policy and i know what it is and i know da, da, da. and then you ask all the teachers do you know exactly what the behavior policy is and you know there might be some people who know more than others you know that that you know there often will be a gap between the people who kind of think you know, of thinking about things from a leadership perspective and people experiencing them at a staff level. But it does seem that it, this is particularly difficult if, as you say, linking to promotion, linking to the messages that are coming out around the school recruitment into the into the school, if, if it feels like the people in the leadership don't think that there's a problem and that there's a certain, you know, group of teachers who do who 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 feel less included and and feel that there is a problem. What what do either of you think that we can do about that? So so I've I've been pondering this for, <laughs> for a few weeks now. And one of one of the things is um I think there's there's a few different things that might be leading to this. So um firstly, it might be that um the, as you said, like we know our policy, we we've we've implemented this thing and 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 so on. Um, but actually, it's about the kind of um, what would you call it the the implementation of these things. So it could well be that a, a head teacher is steadfast in the belief that um, their school is committed because they are committed and they've done that they've done the work and now they're trying to. Um, pass out pass along the work for the for the rest of the school to kind of take on um if the rest of the school are, are haven't yet heard about it or they've only just started thinking about it because they've only just received the information um, it could be that genuinely leadership are they can see why they're that why they're committed but it's just that it's not translating into action as yet um and i suppose another thing might be if your role is in setting priorities and in planning and in kind of thinking about what it is that our school is going to be working on and what do we what do we need to do you could have you could see you could I could sort of be ahead thinking I I know in depth what we think about equality diversity inclusion pupil well-being staff well-being um, tech allocation but actually because I'm just overseeing all of those things I'm not leading the work stream on that thing I'm not um, doing yeah the things like that where I, I've got a kind of a view of it from from where I'm looking across everything but actually I'm not living it day to day yeah and that was exactly what I was going to say actually um similar to what you've been saying Iona actually so about it either it being done to you or being part of the journey and thinking about how the day the people who are you know coalface day to day you know that kind of um the day-to-day -day people should inform the strategic vision or, or you know, which way they're going to go, or at least be part of that kind of direction of travel thing. And then let's have a talk about it together. You know, the head's got this idea, like flip it back out to team. Let's talk about it. And then you get the onboarding. You're going to get people then on the journey with you together. And, and actually people might go, you know what? This ain't going to work at the minute. At the minute we need to focus on this really big thing. I mean, we feed feed that in as we go. Do you know what I mean? It has to be that kind of that give and take. Otherwise, people aren't going to be on board. People are going to be resistant to that change um, because they they won't feel included. So 
for me, it's the day to day, the people who are, who are out there delivering the lessons, delivering the content, talking to the children. I'm not saying that heads don't do that. But what I'm saying is, you know, the people who are who are there day to day need to be part of that strategic decision. This is how we're going to do it. These are my ideas, because those are often the people who have got the the best ideas about how things are going to work and hopefully you'll, you'll have a culture where people can share that share their ideas and and say actually that's going to work that's not going to work I think I've seen I've tried this you'll get best practice out of people then mm. I think. and I think the, the the word you've used that that really re- hits me there is um culture and you know you can have a strategy or you can have the policies in place but it's what people experience in that day-to-day and that culture and I think, um, as you can, as you said, if you can have open conversations and dialogue and understand, you know, the percentages say that sit behind these kinds of surveys and say, you know, you know, why is it say that you don't feel like you have a fair chance of getting promoted here? And then actually hearing from somebody why they feel that will, will make somebody who thinks we're not stopping people job job adverts gone up there you know like we're not stopping they'll start to see okay that person doesn't feel included or they don't think it's for them because of this what can we do to sort of um break that that connection um, i am um, yeah. i've been chatting to a, a school leader who's run our survey and and talking about their kind of the actions they've taken since um, and exactly as you said, kind of we've we've put out this application and people aren't applying. They have made a point of saying who hasn't applied to this role um, and thinking is there who hasn't applied to this role, who hasn't been put through to the next stage and who hasn't got this role. Um, and they're only sort of they're, they're early in the stage of kind of systematically reviewing that. But um, the, the, the kind of their guess is that they might begin to see a pattern and if if you're kind of seeing again and again that a certain type of group isn't applying or isn't being put through or just about nearly got the job but then somebody else got it um is there kind of unconscious bias at play there is there something going on that's that's meaning the other person is getting it instead of yeah, and I think um, you know what what can be difficult. I mean, as you were saying, Amy, that you know there there's good practice and 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 definitely practice to be shared. But in some of these um, situations, I guess people don't necessarily know what what a fully inclusive system would would look like. How how what do we think about? about how we can learn we can learn more about that um and and kind of uh particularly in a in a in a school setting where so much of what is being discussed um, you know for the children is about inclusion and you know all the, all the good things that school values involve it does seem a little bit ironic that you're actually got you know group of staff in the staff room let's say um that's what this report suggests who 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 don't feel uh included um what kind of um uh sources maybe things that you're aware of um amy or or kind of further questions maybe iona should should um people be be asking i think maybe you you should start within your own school and you know working parties and ask about you know recruitment if if they're putting an a an advert out yeah 
ask the people in the school to say, you know, would you apply for this job? Why you would? Why wouldn't you? What would be holding you back? Do you think it's inclusive? You know, does it use inclusive language? You know, if you're thinking about um, access to it in terms of maybe someone has, um, for example, a a stammer or something like that, how are you going to be able to make your interview process um, not pressurise, you know, for them so that they find that challenging? You know, how are you making it inclusive? bring groups of people together different groups of people you know pick them out of a hat and get them all there looking at these adverts if you think if you're struggling to recruit from certain groups or you think that bias might be at play but you're not quite sure get people who you, you know there's always loud mouths in school that will tell you what what you're doing wrong but there are also people who might be um better um to talk to one-to-one to go to them and, and ask their opinion quietly what do you think you know then also that makes them feel valued then they'll be bringing better parts of themselves to work because they'll feel oh someone cares about my opinion so there's that kind of thing in terms of um you asked an, uh, there was another part of your question about where to, where to go mm. caroline Sorry. yeah um, yeah i just wonder if there's any kind of sources that you could recommend for for people who who maybe they feel their school isn't as far along this journey and they and they need some kind of external support i would say diverse ed definitely all the great work that they do they you know a lot of it is free a lot of the um conferences um that uh, are streamed on on youtube um, and the virtue of events they're all free there's a wealth of different things you know that you can learn um and and choose from there but things like BAMED, LGBT ed there are lots of people who will offer you know their services for free there's podcasts there's books there's all kinds of different things but I think you should definitely start with with your own staff body and ask them what they think and I think it's really interesting what Iona was saying actually um you know seeking out people in in your school and asking them why didn't you apply for this job you know man woman black white whoever they are why not because and it could be a fact of we thought that you you would be great for this what's held you back so that would be a kind of a, a really interesting conversation to be having in schools definitely start in your own school yeah and I think sometimes you know um some insights that you can only get from people who've had sort of recent experience things yeah. like I, I looked at the the website and you know all of the pictures of staff didn't didn't look like people like me i didn't think i would get this job but i did get this job like those kinds of insights are are really valuable because you know if if you just looked at the website and thought yeah it looks like a place i could work um you you just you you don't have that that lens and you can't you can't yeah. see it in that light definitely um iona have you got have you got any thoughts about about what more people can do to, to think yeah, about I think so. Um, so just to just to reference and also to plug the report one more time. Um, Amy mentioned diverse ed, and um, Hannah Wilson, who's one of the founders, actually wrapped up our report with a set of I think twenty five questions that school leaders could be asking themselves as they kind of continue on this journey. And there's a few of them that she kind of says, it, and one of them that kind of is a bit of a theme across is how do you make sure you're tackling this for everybody and not just for one group um, and I think that's a really sticky one because as I kick this off this whole thing off by saying the George Floyd murder and the subsequent Black Lives Matter was our uh, movement was our kind of catalyst um, but we were clear as we embarked on this we didn't want this to be 
purely about race and ethnicity. Um, but then as you kind of go on to your, like, what do we do next? It's, it's kind of, it's complicated, I think, to make sure that you aren't leaving anybody out on this journey. And that, that translates across everything. And I think Amy mentioned around kind of um, giving people the facilities to do their job. And, and um, one of the things that we've kind of, we focus on in the report is um, the, the notion that if you had two people, one of whom is able-bodied and one of whom isn't, and they need to get upstairs, they need to go from one floor to another. If you provide them both with a set of stairs, you're providing them with an equal opportunity to get up the stairs. If you provide, but you, but it's but it's not a fair uh, opportunity to get up the stairs. And, and thinking about those things and, and and what are you doing? What are you doing? Is what you're doing actually achieving what you're setting out to do? Um, and I think another another thing that's really important is um, don't stop. Um, so there's there's a few things kind of you think about like um, Black History Month or you think about kind of points in the in the school year where the curriculum is focused on a particular group. Um, the same goes for your, your quality, diversity and inclusion efforts. Um, it can't be, we've done a survey, we know what the issues are, tick, it has to be, we've done a survey, we know what the issues are, this is what we're working on it. Next monthly meeting or next kind of checkpoint, how have we progressed against these? Is there anything that now we've done that, we need to add a new step on our journey and 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 so on and, and sort of I think it's important to know this isn't going to be over <laughs> this is this is we've got to keep push, pushing at this um and it, the goalposts will the achievable goalposts will move um until we until we get there um but not starting um or not taking the next step is is because it's scary and because there's so much to do is, is kind of not a good enough reason not to do it. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's finding that balance, I think. No. I think it's, 100, it's really, really exciting work, I think. It's really exciting. And I know it to, like, exactly what you just said, Iona. It's a massive piece of work and it never stops because there's always going to be somebody who doesn't feel that they're included for whatever reason because everybody else has got size four feet and you've got size five you know it could be you know it could be something that might just not even be tangible you can't put your finger on it but I do feel not included in this moment but that is to me it's really exciting to think that we can bring more people in to in into meetings into uh, groups into you know getting different ideas from different people I think it, it's just really exciting um but it is a really big challenge and I completely agree with what you're saying everybody's at a different point in their journey and it doesn't it's never going to stop and and, and nor should it because there's there's going to always be somebody who just feel you know a little bit left out for for one reason or another all we can do is do our best to try and make sure that there is room for everybody and we will listen to ev you know to everybody um when you know where when appropriate when we can of course keep bringing people in get more ideas and, and i think it is yeah as, as you say i you know the the sort of the research as a as a starting point and recognizing um you know there are, there are the legal duties and the kind of um compliance tick boxes but that doesn't that doesn't really begin to cut into how people feel and and whether or not people thrive and that everybody has has the right to feel in, in, included uh but it, if 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 done well 
you know, it opens up the teaching profession as well as, you know, your the talent that you can get into your school to be much more diverse. And uh, I I worked with um, a teacher who was who was dyslexic herself quite quite severely and had um, a terrible run at her own schooling, um, but then latterly went to university and was a great great drama teacher. But she had certain um, adjustments that she she needed to to make, and you just think of you know all kinds of people who who might feel more included in a profession um, were some of these things unpicked and. I think Hannah makes uh, some great points um, in, in, in Hannah Wilson in the work that accompanies this report. And something that she draws out quite well is the, is the hidden differences. So I'd be interested to, to hear your thoughts on that a little bit, appreciating that if, if, you, if you consider yourself to have um, a hidden difference, um, it's in your gift whether or not you tell people. Um, and 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 what 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 more can we do to make sure that people feel comfortable, you know, sharing as much of their identity and and being their authentic selves at at work? Take a moment to think as much as you need. Um, I would I would say in terms of hidden differences. So um, I am I'm married to a woman and um, people often think that I uh, my husband is in the RAF, and when I have to then say you know, my wife is in the RAF. I, uh, sometimes people go, oh, oh, sorry. And it's all that kind of, don't say sorry, you know, yeah. you, you know, that kind of, that kind of, um, because I have to correct them kind of thing. It's all awkward and, you know, that kind of thing. I think for me, in terms of hidden differences, it's more about don't make, don't make assumptions about people, I think. And, but also you have to, you need to be in a culture where you you're not afraid to challenge challenge people but challenge with support you know if somebody um says oh you know you, you you've got you've got a what you've got a wife or you know question me and ask me about it I'm not going to stand there and say don't ask me about my personal life blah, 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 blah. you know you've got to be open to having those conversations it has to be a safe environment for you to be able to do that you've got to want to be able to do that but you, you know, there's a, a sense of challenge, but there's support. And if I was to get something um, wrong, let's say, again, in inverted commas, about somebody and their life, or, you know, it might be pronouns, might be their name, might be something, I would hope that the environment that I worked in, I worked with a, a group of staff who wouldn't be afraid to say, actually, you got my pronouns wrong there, or you called me the wrong name, or, you know, I'm not, I'm married to this person or, or whatever, or this is how you pronounce my name. You know, uh, we've created that culture because we're not afraid to challenge, but we support and and be very clear about that. It, it's respectful because you want to get it right. Um, so there's, I don't know if that made any sense. No, that, com that completely makes, makes sense. It also makes me wonder if sometimes um, people who might consider that they have a sort of hidden difference it's like a kind of catch-22 if they're in a an environment where they don't feel included they're more likely to continue to to not flag yeah. that they have a difference or teach people in that yeah. in that way um but you can't be if you can't be authentic um at school because you don't feel safe at school um then i'd probably say you're probably in the, the wrong place for you um, I'm not saying that everybody needs to come to school and do it you know coming out assembling wave a rainbow flag and all that kind of thing I'm not saying that but you know you should be able to feel comfortable to share enough and, and connect in a personal level because if you can't do that you're not giving the best of yourself every single day hiding 
in, in whatever sense or, or or minimizing yourself to make other people feel comfortable is is not on and you're only going to make yourself ill you're not going to be doing the best for yourself or for the young people no one's getting the best out of you so you know we need to really be creating those environments those cultures where we can have open conversations so people feel safe enough to share as much or as little as they want so they can can create those connections I think that's I think that's exactly right and I think there's there's you mentioned kind of yeah people needing the the confidence and, and Caroline you mentioned it's their it's their news to share or it's their kind of it's their information to share but I think there's there's making the environment as comfortable as possible for that to be open and, and as you said Amy things like um you would like someone to challenge you if you got it wrong um I think that's we're in a stage of like we're gonna make a we're gonna commit a faux pas that we didn't realize was a faux pas. We're gonna do something because we just never it had never occurred to us otherwise. And leaning into that and taking that as an opportunity to learn, um, not as an opportunity to kind of don't don't like sort of tear yourself up afterwards and 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 think, okay, I didn't know that until today. I've learned that now. Going forwards, I'm going to going to sort of weave it into my world. Um, and I wonder as well about kind of um, mechanisms that for, for stuff that we know could be something, building in mechanisms to make it easier um, for people to volunteer the information. So perhaps asking their pronouns um, once at some point in the stage, probably not on your CV because of, you know, issues that that could arise. But perhaps once you've offered the job, ask people how they or in the interview stage, kind of how would you like to be? Um, referred to and and things like that asking asking the the individual to kind of giving them the opportunity to share that um, and one thing that we had in we, we found in the report was that um, amongst uh, we asked about kind of comfort with asking for additional support during the recruitment process um, and again we found marked differences between people who uh, disabled people and non-disabled people um, and we also had amongst our respondent base most of our disabled um, respondents had an invisible, not a visible disability. Um, and you can imagine if you're if you're kind of the hiring manager, you've asked, is there anything additional that you need? Um, but the, the individual hasn't felt comfortable to share what those things are. It's kind of it's it's kind of a catch-22. It's sort of how do how do we get past that? And, and I think there's there's just, yeah, we'll have to keep plugging away at it and, and know that we'll we'll mess up, I think is the only is, is the only kind of the best thought I have at the moment, really. Yeah, definitely. And I would certainly say um my conversations um in schools and and with young people would suggest that hopefully um, future generations will be more more confident in terms of asserting um, their their differences uh, their preferences. Um, I don't know if this um, yeah this resonates with anyone else um, and the way that that you know young young people seeing more positive role models and and this kind of thing um, that hopefully um, you know this this is something that will. Um, not not soon because progress on this you know continues to be slow but you know will become a thing of the past um hopefully in our lifetimes but let's let's see and anything else that either of you would would like to share with our listeners in closing any kind of future work that that you're doing on this agenda or anything else you'd like to mention 
Um, not just just as a quick summary, I think is that the the most important thing that I I think of when I think about this work is that this is one step on a very long journey, um, and this isn't this isn't a tick box, and this isn't a kind of what to do next. And and I say that not as head of research at Adurio. This isn't that we don't have like a string of follow up surveys for you to take. It's but it's something that yeah we 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 don't want to stop now we've we've made this big step forward um albeit for uh, distressing reasons um but let's stop let's not stop now and, and let's kind of yeah keep keep holding each other to account and doing so in a positive way and knowing that it's because we're trying to get better um not because and not focusing on our failures, um, unless that's the kind of <laughs> the, the unless they're kind of glaring and and, and repetitive. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And mine would be, um, don't be afraid to challenge. Don't be afraid to say, sorry, I got that wrong, and I will do better next time. Um, don't be afraid to to talk about who you are if you you know feel safe, comfortable, um, to do that. And and also, you know give people the time and just listen to those lived experiences because everybody comes from a, a different place, you know, from whatever kind of um, starting point that you've had, everyone's got those different experiences and we can all learn from those and we will just build more empathy between people and, you know, compassion. And, you know, when we can be ourselves at work, we will do, we'll do our best. And, you know, that's what we want to do for, for ourselves and, and for the young person, young people that we, we work with and for each other. So that's it. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and very much about, about getting and keeping um, a diverse range of people in, in the teaching profession as, as, as well. Um, well, thank you both so much for, for taking the time to talk to us today. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.